follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we will be talking about a lot of things right now. We have the Cinderella DVD, Hotel Transylvania 2, Peabody and Sherman, a TV show, Gumby Fest, The Martian Everest, and Maze Runner's Scorch Trials. So we have a big lineup for you tonight. The first on our schedule is Catherine, and we're going to be talking about the Cinderella DVD. It's nice to have you on the show, Catherine. Nice to be here. Lively one you are. I love that. I love the enthusiasm. So tell us about the DVD of, uh, of Cinderella. Tell us about the special features about it, on it. Cinderella is just an awesome movie. I loved everything about it. The cinematography, the characters, the scenery, the costumes, and the magical special effects. I loved it all. There is also some awesome bonus features, including Disney's new Frozen Fever. Um, and I think Frozen fans will love the special bonus. Ah, Frozen! I can't wait. Oh my gosh! I, uh, I love the I love the short. I'm glad they always put they put their shorts in. They always Disney does some amazing shorts. So, uh, are there any behind the scenes stuff to show the magic of creating? The film? Yes, there is. Um, there is um, for animal lovers. The director takes us behind the scenes to get an inside look on how. The they train the live animals for their um, parts in the movie. Fantastic! Now I don't know if it's just because I'm a geek or so, but every time I love getting DVDs for movies just so I can get, check out the behind the scenes and commentary. I don't know, just my personal thing. I love checking them out. So, are there any other special magical qualities of this DVD that you would love to share with us? Yes. Um, my favorite scene is when the stepmother, played by Helena. Bonham Carter did her magic um, playing the fairy godmother, doing her classic magic, changing the pumpkin into the stage coach and the mice into the horses. And it was just so magical and so cool. In the original, the fairy godmother waved her wand and poof, it was there. But in this one, you could see the animals transforming into what they were going to be. I, that's one of the things I love about the swimmers too, because it just brings another magical element to a classic fairy tale, and Disney does such a great job with it. And by the way, I believe it's pronounced Helena Bonham Carter. Um, just want to put that in there, because she's a fantastic actress, and I love her in the role of fairy godmother as well. You talked about the magic they show in this. Back to the DVD, if I may. Uh, is there anything like special features of the DVD that shows how the, how the magic is created? There was only two bonus features, but... I'm sure however they did it, it was truly amazing. The special effects were just awesome. That's one of the redeeming qualities of this film. So let's talk about the film itself. Uh, I believe most of us know the classic tale of Cinderella, so I think we can go on to talk about the acting. So what's about the performance level in this film that made you just love it? The one, the cast did an awesome job. Lily James, who was who's also in Downton Abbey, was hmm. breathtaking as Cinderella. She was so sweet and kind, and she showed courage. The stepmother, 
played by Kate Blanchett, was perfectly evil as her stepmother, and she was really mean and jealous of Cinderella. And the stepsisters provided comic relief because they were really some clumsy and selfish. Yeah, I love this. I love how Kate Blanchett, believe me, I, I've butchered her name before as well, how her character is not just this evil stepmother. She actually does have some motive and she's not just automatically evil. She, We see her character and she has a good story arc. I think it's great. And fun fact, this may have been, um, I may, this may have been mentioned on the radio show before, Walt Disney's favorite d- princess is Cinderella. For reasons that she just never complained when something bad happened to her. She always kept going. She kept thinking positive. And her optimistic attitude was very admirable from the creator of Disney. I mean, it's, that's, that's actually fantastic. And I think that's a nice fun fact. What would you say was your favorite character in this film? My favorite character was definitely Cinderella. She was so nice to everyone and she was so brave and she was kind like she was nice to everyone even her wicked step family. Siding with Walt Disney. Good choice. Good job. <laughs> Disney seems to be doing a lot of remakes of fairy tales. Is there any fairy tale that you would like to be you that you would like to see revised and reimagined on the big screen? No, but I love this Cinderella. So there's no kind of there, well, let's just say stay stay for the argument that there is actually a, a any other fairy tale that you may have just like Snow White or any other fairy tales. No. Just keep with Cinderella? Well, Sleeping Beauty would be nice. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so revision of Sleeping Beauty. Okay, well, I think that's fantastic. I love Sleeping Beauty. I think Sleeping Beauty would be great. Me too. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiva Blake. And today we're talking about Hotel Transylvania 2, Peabody and Sherman TV show, Gumby Fest, and, the, and Martian, Everest, and Maze Runner, the Scorch Trials. We will continue talking about the DVD release of the 2015 Cinderella. Now, we just mentioned that we will... Saving Beauty would be a good film to be able to have an adaption to, and maybe we'll see that in the near future. What is it? Um, have you seen the original animated version of Cinderella? Yes, I have. So what would you say that this film did better than the last film? What I really liked re- about the remake is that they told more about Ella, her original name, as a little <laughs> girl and her loving relationship with her mother and father before they passed away. She was really sweet, and there was a big difference of how her life was before and how she was later treated by her stepfamily. So, more backstory, be able to show a little bit more of how they got into the situation. That's always great, and that's a nice thing they added to the film. Yeah, in fact, it was Ella's mother who told her very clearly that the main message of the film was to be kind and courageous to everyone. And once that line was said, it's been shown everywhere on social media to have courage and be kind. I mean, it's everywhere, but it's a good moral. Yeah. What would you say that in the film, of course, I my personal thing I liked about this film is that the prince has more of a story arc. He actually has character and, he's, and there's... There's more added to him, and he's not just this pretty boy with a, a royalty. He's actually a nice character, and he's actually likable. I like the, the connection between the two. Me too. I loved it when they met in the forest, and the prince actually liked Ella for Cinderella, for who she was, and not for being a queen or a princess. She was just someone he met in the forest, and he thought that she was a queen or a princess later when she went to the bones. Yeah, but the prince liked her for who she was. And I'm glad that this film, 
um, this film did break some of the easily stereotypes of princesses and princes. I mean, that's nice. I mean, they they it's a classic fairy tale, but it's an adapted classic fairy tale, and that's what's another redeeming quality of this film. You mentioned about the special effects and how you adore the magic. What would you say was your one of your favorite special effect moments? When the pumpkin was turning into the carriage, that was just awesome. That was a very good scene. I think I I love that part. I lo- it's it's a very classic scene of how the pumpkin turns in the carriage. It's very beautifully done. Yeah. I also like when the lizards are transforming into the footmen. They're like still green, but it's really funny to see how they're becoming footmen. I was just about to mention that. I like that. I like that quality. And the costume design and the makeup for that was fantastic. They still kept some of their traits as a as a lizard. Yep. They had some of the scales. The clothing was representing the scales. And that was a very clever and novelty trick to the to the effects. Yes, definitely. So is there any, any other things you would like to add about what you like about the film? I think overall it was just great. I mean, everything was perfect and, and I liked it as much as the original Cinderella. It was that good. Can't help but agree. And I'm guessing from your enthusiasm that uh, I know how many stars you're going to give it, but how many stars just in case? Five. <laughs> Five. That's just five. Five golden slippers, five pigeons, everything. It's just five. It was absolutely an amazing film, and I just can't help but agree. I can't wait to see what else Disney what Disney produces, and it's just great to see another classic fairy tale be brought back to life on the silver screen. Yes, it was just great. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Catherine, for talking about the Cinderella DVD. It's been a blast. Yes, yes, it has. Check out the DVD. Go buy it now. It's out on DVD and Blu-ray out. So please go check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley. And by the way, this show is sponsored by Gumpy from N-Circle Entertainment. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Tune in to Dinosaur Detectives with Little Miss Dinosaur, Anna Dubois. We'll not only learn about dinosaurs, but also about fossils, ancient civilizations, and ask questions from paleontologists. You'll learn about science in general with an emphasis on paleontology and dinosaurs in general. Anna hopes that this show will start or increase your awareness and interest in the field of science. Dinosaur Detectives can be heard every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. You 
You're tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about the Cinder- Cinderella release on Blu-ray and DVD and digital copies, so definitely check that out. And right now, we're going to talk to Max Charles, who plays Sherman in the new Mr. Peabody and Sherman show, and played Sherman in the movie and did a whole bunch of other roles in a whole bunch of big movies and TV shows. So, Max, how are you doing? I'm good. What about you? I am doing fantastic. So, you've done both voice acting and live action films. So, what do you like better? I think I like doing them both. They're both really fun to me. All right. And you play Sherman in the new Mr. Peabody Sherman show, Mr. Peabody and Sherman show that, I, like I said, which is coming out October 9th on Netflix, by the way. So, definitely check that out. Can you tell us about the show? Um, well, the show is about their, uh, their late night talk show in their penthouse, and they have different historical guests come, and, uh, you know, they talk to them, and then they also travel back in time to talk to a lot of people. You know, I always love the concept of Mr. Peabody and Sherman because it's just so much fun and kind of so silly, and all the, all the cool places they can go in the Wayback Machine, which is the time machine. Speaking of the Wayback Machine, if you had this uh, wonderful time machine in real life, where would you go? Hmm, I think, let's see. Well, you know, you know the moon would kind of be fun. <laughs> that does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I would kind of do something spacey, too. I would go back to the creation of Earth and kind of watch our planet form. That sounds, pretty, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And also, do you think you relate to your character at all? Yeah, I mean, me, me and Sherman, we like to have fun a lot, and we we like to do jokes and have a lot of fun. So Sherman's really crazy, so I like doing him. And are you kind of like a sci-fi fan? Because this show is kind of sci-fi. Yeah, I like all the all the fun stuff that they do and all the fun guests that they have come, uh, and, you know, just seeing what happens next. So you've been a lo- on a lot of drama shows, you've been on a lot of mystery shows. What do you think you prefer best in terms of genre? You know, I kind of I kind of like it all. I like to, you know, change it up and do a lot of different types of types of things. That's kind of fun to kind of play around with it, see what's fun, what's not, what works, what's not. It's good when it kind of everything works so you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. And I know uh, during voiceovers, you don't actually meet with the other cast a lot, but do you have any fun stories from set? Well, you know, with with the Mr. Peabody and Sherman show, they actually, they like to do the, um, with the whole cast. So I like it when I get to do, you know, big cast, um, when I get to do the episodes with the entire cast, because we can really play off each other, and it's really fun to do. That's pretty cool. It's very unique than other a lot of other productions that kind of do it each individual person. It's just you and a producer. That sounds a lot more fun. Yeah. If you would meet, like, any historical figure, who would it be? Let's see. Hmm. It's hard to pick, but I think I'd just like to, you know, go back in time and just meet a lot of different people. Just, you know, hang out and see what they're like. I would personally meet, and you actually met this person in the movie Mr. Peabody and Sherman, which released in 2014. I would like to meet Leonardo da Vinci and kind of see him paint and design all these fantastic contraptions that were revolutionary at the time and, and just kind of see the master of engineer at work. That sounds really exciting to me. Yeah. yeah. And do you have any future projects you want to work on that you want to talk about? Let's see. Well, I'm working on the, uh, the strain right now. 
And yeah, so that's that's fun to do. And you know, the Mr. Peabody and Sherman show, I just can't wait to see, you know, what comes out next and what happens. Does sound like definitely an exciting show. Can you tell us about your character on the string, please? I play Zach, um, and his mom in the first season got turned into a vampire, and, you know, he doesn't know why his dad isn't trying to save her, but then in season two, he's really angry and mad because his dad can try to save the world, but he won't even try to save his mom. Yeah, it is a very intense and dramatic show. By the way, for people who are wondering where it is, you can find the strain on FX, right? Yeah, FX. All right, well, thank you so much for talking to me about all your upcoming work, and definitely check out the new Mr. Peabody and Sherman show and all the other work he does, including, like we talked about, The Strain, which is on FX. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you. You're listening to the Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and today we will talk about a whole bunch of fantastic films, including The Martian, we're going to talk about the event Gumby Fest, and the original Gumby 50 Shorts. We're going to talk about Everest and Maze Runner, a very packed schedule. Right now, we're going to talk to Lainey about the wonderful sequel to Hotel Transylvania, Hotel Transylvania 2. So, Lainey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. So, what did you think of the film overall? I thought that this film was really funny, and I really enjoyed it. It even left the audience laughing out loud. And um, if you didn't enjoy the first movie, it's tell Transylvania, then give this one a try because it's so much better than the original. And in what ways is it better than original, you think? Well, I think the ways it's better than the original is because it's, well, you can like connect to the characters more in this one, and there's so much more like connections than in the first one. Well, I remember seeing the first one thinking, this is an amazing movie, so the sequel must be fantastic. Yes, it is. Can you tell us the plot of the film, please? The plot of this film is basically about Mavis, played by Selena Gomez, having a child. And the child's name is Dennis. And But Dracula, played by Adam Sandler, is a little concerned that he's not showing signs of being a vampire. And this is true because uh, Mavis's child, Dennis, is half-human. So he may not have all the vampire-ness, because that is a word, in him. So, like you said, the cast is pretty fantastic. It has Adam Sandler playing Dracula, Selena Gomez playing Mavis, and a whole bunch of other people. So, how do you think they did? I think that they all did amazing, but specifically Adam Sandler, I think, did an amazing job because he's just so funny. And it's also really cool that he wrote some of the goofy songs in this movie, such as Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, and it's altered just a little to be funny. Oh, so there is kind of a humor soundtrack in here, too. Yeah. And is it out of place or at all or perfect for the joke? Um, I think it's pretty good for the joke. That's good. And all the other humor, how do you think that went? Do you think it's spot on, perfect timing? I think that the humor was pretty spot on because it was just super funny. And um, I just think they all did an amazing job. I remember watching the first Hotel Transylvania and I laughed my head off the Humor in there was amazing, so I am excited to see how much humor they bring back in Hotel Transylvania 2. Now, do you think that the story, there's enough in the story to make a third film, or do you think it's perfect to end it here? I don't know. I just think that, like, for the third film, maybe they would make a third film, but I just think that the second film is just really great, so I don't know how they would make a film better than that. Well, it definitely sounds fantastic and a wonderful film, and I'll definitely check it out. 
Do you have a favorite scene? Yes, my favorite scene. Well, this one's really funny. Um, it's where Mavis is. Well, her husband is taking her into the real world, his birthplace in California, and she's just going to a mini mart and she's trying like all the flavors of slushy, and it's super funny because she just wants to try every single flavor. And she's a vampire, so she doesn't feel very natural in this real world and in California and on the beach and all of that. Yeah, it's a little awkward for her. And do you have a favorite character? Yeah, my favorite character would be Adam Sandler because, again, he's super funny. He's a loving dad and a loving grandpa or vampa. They said that in the movie, which is a vampire grandpa. Vampa, that is the best name ever. Yeah. Vampa 2015. And I have to agree with you because I personally love Adam Sandler. In any animated film he does, he just excels and makes it amazing. How many stars do you give this film and why? I give this film a five out of five stars because it is just so funny and it's just a very cool experience to watch. And who would you recommend this film to? Uh, I'd recommend this film to for ages 5 to 18, because I think it might be a little too scary for some younger audiences, but I think that all of the ages would like this film. And this is kind of a weird question. If you could see, like, any of these mythical monsters, which one would you want to meet? I would want to meet Mavis, because she's just a great person, and she has a great personality, and she's, yeah. I agree. Mavis is a really cool character. And what do you think the moral message of the story is? Or is it just kind of more of a fun movie, nothing really to learn? Well, I do think there is a moral to the story. And I think it's just saying that no matter how different someone is, that they could still be, you know, like the best thing that ever happens to you. So love them no matter how different they are. That I think that's a pretty good message because, yeah, that really is a fantastic message. I have to agree with that. It's really good that they're kind of trying to put that message out there. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about Hotel Transylvania 2. Thank you. If you'd like to see Hotel Transylvania 2, it is in theaters now. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And this show is sponsored by Gumby by End Circle Entertainment. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon Appetit! Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. 
our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back to kids first coming attractions i'm your host keeper blakesley and wow did we talk about a lot so far we talked about the cinderella dvd hotel transylvania 2 and we talked to max charles for the peabody mr peabody and sherman tv show we're going to continue our fabulous list with talking to Jerry about Gumby Fest and also talking about the Martian, Everest, and Maze Runner Scorch Trials. Right now, I'm talking to Jerry. It's great to have you on the show as usual, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me on. I am excited to, to talk about more wonderful films. Well, first of all, we're going to talk about a event right now. You recently went to Gumby Fest. So tell us a little bit about that event. Yeah, of course. That was a blast. So for people who don't know what Gumby is, before there was Phineas and Fur, before there was SpongeBob, before there was even Mr. Peabody and Sherman, there was Gumby. Gumby was pretty much one of the very first animation. It was actually stop-motion animation for kids. And it was kind of the start of those silly cartoons that were just really meant for fun, not an experience. And now every year, uh, like 60 years later after the first Gumby episodes came out, a whole bunch of fans get together, and the creators of Gumby get together to look back at a event called Gumby Fest. And this is the second annual Gumby Fest, I believe. That's fantastic. It's always great to honor a legend. Well, pretty much, an, well, yeah, legendary and iconic um, animated, animated, yeah, animated character. So, tell us a little about what happened at Gumby Fest. You could do quite a lot of stuff at Gumby Fest. It wasn't just a few presentations where a lot of the creators spoke, including Robert Stromberg who his father worked on the set of Gumby, which is kind of interesting. Didn't expect that. Very interesting coincidence. But you could also do arts and crafts. You could buy your own Gumby and Pokey. You could buy the complete collection of the 50 series and get an exclusive Gumby that was, like, special. And get that signed by the son of the creator of Gumby. So there's a lot of fun and cool activities. It was just a blast, and I honestly can't wait to go there next year. Absolutely amazing. Now, is this a fest? Is this, was this a one-day fest, or was this like a period of days? I believe this is a two-day fest. It's over the weekend, and this is the second annual one. They're doing it every year. Fantastic. Wow. So um, you talked about the different people, that the creators and everything. Who else did you meet? I met, like, the, like I said, I met the creators, Anthony Scott. I, I actually talked to Robert Schomburg, was which was really cool. I got to talk to Joe Clokey again. I interviewed him before. He's a really nice guy. And it was just overall a fantastic and fun event. Now, what would you say was your favorite part of the whole entire event? Robert Schomburg's presentation was pretty amazing. Now, all the other presentations were like, just fabulous. When I say fabulous, I mean it, because it taught me a lot about the original Gumbies, but his presentation kind of really went into the movie Avatar, which we all know was amazing and special yes. effects and just really beautiful. And he was the production designer for it. So it was kind of interesting going to that, and he showed us one picture, which was the very first picture they showed for Avatar. 
And he said that picture stole five years of his life because that's really what started Avatar. Wow. That's absolutely amazing. It's really cool you got to meet him. I mean, you meet amazing people at Gumby Fest. Yeah, there's a lot of amazing people really connected to Gumby Fest. It's kind of surprising to see how many people were connected in some way. Even the creators of Phineas and Ferb and SpongeBob contacted Gumby pretty much saying thank you for being the godfather of all these cartoons. Now, that's what's great about the community of anime, well, of any entertainment, but also just in this case, animation is they all look up to each other and we all want to be as good as maybe our pre- as our predecessors. Now, have you seen the Gumby collection at all? Yes, I have. I was very lucky to get a copy and I got my Gumby signed by Joe Clokey and a whole bunch of other people. So thank you guys for that. But I did see a whole bunch of fantastic episodes. Even if they are 60 years old, they are still a lot of fun to watch. Now I have a question for you regarding the preservation of Gumby. Why do you feel like people look up to his character so much? And why do we, 60 years later, we're still creating a festival for this iconic character? Well, Kiefer, let me ask you a question. If all the Marvel movies stop being made, would you still have a festival for them 60 years later? You had to go to Marvel movies. Low blow. Low blow, Jerry. <laughs> okay, yes, I would definitely make a festival 60 years later. You know, it's kind of still a thing because they are actually making more Gumby episodes. Joe Clokey is continuing the really? wonderful, wonderful tradition of Gumby. And for the first time in a long time, like, I actually, like, 10, 20 years since the last Gumby episode came out, they are making new episodes, which will be released in a few years from now. But I think why they're celebrating it is because Gumby is an iconic character, and he is one of the greatest animated characters, in my opinion, and he is, like I said, the godfather of animation, in my opinion. A very nice answer. Even though you got into Marvel territory, <laughs> it's nice. No, very nice answer. So, I feel like that stop motion is still a dying art. It's 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 very it's maybe meticulous. It's it takes it's a long process, but it's still worth it. It's a beautiful process. Uh, do you feel like you want? Since I know they're making more Gumby, they're making more Gumby episodes in a few years. But do you see that this this process still alive? And you do you want to see this process of animation keep going? You know, the funny thing is, is that when I talked to the creators of Gumby and Joe, he kind of said that. Even though stop motion looked down at as this old type of animation and CGI is everything computer generated. And the funny thing is, is that you can actually make stop motion a lot faster than you can make uh, computer generated animations. And you can kind of get a sense of more realism because you're using real objects, you know, you're using real sets. And stop motion is kind of the first, you know. If stop motion didn't exist, they could have never made the jump to a computer. So when they say stop motion is dying art, I don't think it's a dying art. I think it's just a transitioning art. Very nicely said, good sir. Fantastic. Well, guys, if you want to go check out the 50s, the Gumby Gumby 50s collection, go check it out. It's on DVD now. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we're talking about, we just got done talking about the Cinderella DVD. Talk to Max Charles about the Mr. Peabody and Sherman TV show, Hotel Transparent 2, and Gumby Fest in the Gumby Series 50s. Right now, we're continuing conversation with Jared, and we're talking about what is a fantastic transition into the fall films. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Martian, the Ridley Scott film, and I have here, and we'll continue talking to Jerry. So, Jerry, you and I saw this film very recently and together, and what can you say? I mean, this. what was your impressions? Mind-blowing. That is my yeah. impression. This film is just, it's definitely one of a kind. It. I, I kind of said this to you when we watched it together. It is kind of a baby of Gravity and Castaway, yeah. and they both, 
it has both the good elements of gravity, the intense, the drama, the action of, and the special effects of gravity. But it has the story. It has the acting of Castaway. If you put it together, you get this amazing, wonderful baby called the Martian. <laughs> and I, I can't help but agree. That's kind of the same. It's, I do agree with you there. Um, and I understand that you've told me this before that you've been that your mother is just finished the book and you are still continuing the book from what you've read so far do you feel like it's a it's a faithful adaptation um of the book this yeah film? i remember me and my mom we were kind of looking at the film and some points in the script you could actually word by word remember see it from kind of the book and they did a good job making it part of the book, but not too much. So you're kind of just going there to see a book in video form. Yeah. And they did a fantastic job, definitely not ruining the fantastic, wonderful book. Because the book really is a joy to read. And anybody that loves the movie, I would recommend the book. Well, I have not read the book. I, I came in here totally blind. And when I went to go... I, to be honest, sci-fi, in my opinion, is it's not the one I always gravitate. Huh, no pun intended. I, I usually gravitate towards. Um, it, but this film surprisingly had a lot of i what do you call it hilarious uh, hilarious like jokes but it was wit i mean uh, this matt damon's character watney has a lot of um cracks jokes a little bit because he he's actually very optimistic in this situation he pretty much labels everything that's going wrong and yet he still of course he has his low points but he's he finds some kind of bright side to the situation so um were you surprised of the wit in this film you know, when I saw Matt Damon was playing, I knew he was going to do a fantastic job. I just didn't know it was going to be this good. He did a stupendous job, like you said. And most of the time, he is alone either in a rover or on the Martian terrain or inside his little space space called uh, the hub space space. That's kind of funny to say. But he did a wonderful job acting because just like Tom Hanks had to in Castaway, he pretty much had to act mostly alone he couldn't really socialize with anybody else he was alone the only real inanimate object he had to talk to was this rover kind of like wilson and castaway references wilson yeah okay uh so i it's just amazing film because of the the wit but also um transitioning into the suspense of it all I mean, this is of course a sci-fi, so they're gonna have some. There's gonna have some points where like, really, did he just create water out of this? But it's actually very believable. He, there was a lot of science to it, but there's a point where it's it's not like boring science. It's very invested. Well, the audience and I personally was very invested with how he was gonna survive and how he survived. It's, it's very well done with the suspense. I was on the edge of my seat most of the time, just saying like, come home. Um, so I'm um, talking a little about the suspense in this film. Yeah, and um, I'm just going to rant a little bit more, sorry. No problem, no, continue, go. Before I talk about the suspense, I want to talk about the science. The person who wrote the book, Andy Weir, he actually did a lot of research in him himself. He loves science, uh, astronomical science and uh, physics and all of that. He actually did a lot of research to make sure that all these facts are true. And even NASA did an article pretty much comparing all the technology to the film, pretty much saying that they are spot on right. Really? Yeah, and another, and the suspense, it is really mind-blowing. It does keep you on the edge of your seat. And I know a lot of people say this for a lot of films, but it really does. You do not, you do not breathe until the film is over, until you know what happens to him, if they bring him home or not. That's kind of the slogan of the film. And it is just wonderful how they did it. They did everything spot on, and Ridley Scott, the director, he 
did a wonderful and stupendous job. Can't help but agreeing. I mean, the cinematography also in this film was absolutely just grand. I mean, this is, it's, a lot of it was, uh, it's a lot of the film, of course, is on Mars. And the scenes they got and the, just was so beautiful. I've never seen a desolate planet so beautiful. Uh, and it just, you feel like you could, so since we saw it as an IMAX or 3D, even if you did not have 3D glasses on, I still find you could have just reached out and touched it. You could have like felt the, the sand, or I don't know what you call sand, I guess Mars dust, whatever the soil is you want to call it there. Just, you just, you feel like you just be trans, you were transported into Mars. And that's a great film right there. You know, I have to agree because they kind of showed Mars as this beautiful creature that has potential to be kind of like a, earth but they can also show it as unforgiving cruel because mars does give him resources to survive but also takes away resources for him to survive so i loved how they kind of portrayed mars of a living creature it can be cruel it can be nice it can be somewhere in between i agree and also there's a point in the film where he talks about like he's alone by himself and again they get a lot of him thinking and he says like I think the best, some the best lines is him talking about like I'm. It's interesting being on a planet by yourself because you're the first person to do everything on here. You're the first person to go to that mountain, first person to sit, stand here. I mean, the loneliness in this film is abs- is portrayed beautifully by Matt Damon. I wish we could talk more about this film, but sadly, we're out of time. Jerry, thank you so much for talking about this film. As usual, it is fantastic to talk to you about movies. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this film is out in theaters October 2nd, so please go check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. By the way, we are also sponsored by Gumby from N-Circle Entertainment. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids. Live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. If the financial markets interest you, if you want to potentially earn a higher return, if you're not satisfied with your investment returns, or if you're only making 1% on your investments sitting in the bank, do you see the stock market hitting record highs but feel you have no one to trust? Voice America's own Jordan Kimmel, the host of Magnet Investing for over seven years, is applying his strategies of magnet investing and is managing individual accounts. Jordan Kimmel has joined InvestView, the Red Bank, New Jersey investment education and asset management firm. And his team can help you. Contact Jordan and the team at InvestView at 732-380-7271 or by email at jkimmel at investview.com. If you would like a complimentary portfolio review or to speak to a representative, call us. Past performance of investments are not indicative of future results. Investing is inherently risky. All recommendations should be researched by the investor. Call InvestView at 732-380-7271. That's 732-380-7271. 
are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ors, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about a lot of different films. We've been talking about The Martian. We talked to Max Charles. We talked about Cinderella, Hotel Transylvania. We talked about the Gumby Fest and the Gumby series. But right now, we're going to talk to Lainey about the new fantastic movie, Everest. So, Lainey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. So, Everest from the trailers, it looks like a wonderful film. What did you think of it? Um, I thought the Everest was truly thrilling. Oh, my gosh. And it was so suspenseful. It left me on the edge of my seat the whole time. But I really enjoyed this film. And can you tell us about the story of the film? The story of this film is about a bunch of climbers trying to, you know, make it to the top of Mount Everest without dying. And I heard this is like some sort of special story because these climbers barely survived because of some storm. Can you talk about that, please? Yeah, there is a storm that happens. And basically, like, they're really afraid. And how did the director do? I'm, I'm so sorry if I mispronounce your name. Baltasar Kormaku? I thought that the director did a really good job. I thought that he made this movie realistic, and the actors did a really good job, so I thought that he directed them well. And you said this film is a thrill, it's a drama. How do you think they did portraying that? The drama, the dramatic scenes, oh my gosh, like every single scene was dramatic because you're just afraid every single moment that they're going to die, and you're so attached to all the characters, so you don't want that to happen. Yeah, and it is intense because if you think about it, I love a, a kind of quote from the trailer that they're climbing up to a cruising speed of a Boeing 747, which is thirty around 37,000 feet. And it's not meant for a human to be there. So it is very deadly to climb up this mountain. It's one of the deadliest places on Earth. And did you learn any cool facts about the, uh, the very infamous Mount Everest? Yes, I learned a lot of cool facts. That's one of the things that I really liked about this movie was because it was super educational. So I learned about what kind of different sicknesses you can get on Mount Everest when you're up there. Like oxygen, like the loss of oxygen, losing your sight, and a lot more. And I've always wondered this. Uh, did they say how long it usually takes to climb Mount Everest? How long it takes? It takes about one month to get, well, like acclimated before you climb. But when you're climbing, it takes maybe three days. Three days, yeah. That's pretty amazing. So when you're going to climb Mount Everest, you're going to be gone from home for quite a while. Yes. So this is kind of more of a philosophical question. I like these questions. They're my favorite. Do you think that Mount Everest itself is a character because it could be attacking the victims? It could be giving the victims saving that they need. What do you think? Yes, I do think that Mount Everest could be a character because it is kind of like like the characters are climbing it. So they have to like, well, the weather. I like this quote from the movie and it said Mount Everest, like on Mount Everest, you can't like control the weather. And I think that was cool. Yeah. And by the way, for people who are wondering, Jason Clark plays Rob Hall. Speaking of the cast, I mean, it is a pretty good cast. How did they do in the film? I thought that they did a really good job with the film. And I thought the cast was outstanding. But my favorite character would be Kira Knightley, who plays Jan Arnold, because she put so much emotion into her character. And she left me in tears by the end of the movie. And how are the special effects? Because they aren't actually on Mount Everest, of course. This is all done from the amazing power of computers. The special effects are super cool in this movie because 
Well, I saw this movie in 3D, so I thought it was pretty cool that you got to see everything in 3D. But I also thought that they made it so realistic when you watch this movie. Like, you feel like you are on Mount Everest with the characters. And so that's what makes it even more frightening. It does sound pretty intense. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about Everest. Very quickly, how many stars do you give this film? I give this film a 5 out of 5 stars because I just thought it was so great. I agree. I also thought this film looked fantastic, and I cannot wait to see it. If you'd like to see Everest, it is now in theaters. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and today we are talking about a whole bunch of different things, but we are now going to talk about Maze Runner Scorch Trials with Lainey and Clayton. So, Clayton, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you doing, Jerry? I am doing fantastic. So, Lainey, can you tell us what you thought about the film? I thought that this movie was really cool, and I couldn't wait to watch the sequel because I just really enjoyed the first movie. And Clayton, can you tell us about the story, please? It's about a group of renegade teens that escaped the nefarious organization Wicked. Wicked is doing some weird experimentation on young people. They escape into a desert called the Scorch, and they have to survive and travel through the desert in order to find a resistance group called the right arm you know it really is an action-packed and wonderful story i thought that the story is really entertaining i saw the film and laney you said that you saw the first film because this is a sequel to the maze runner so do you think people need to see the first film to understand this film i definitely think that people need to watch the first movie before watching the sequel because the storyline is a bit complex and definitely confusing to follow if you haven't watched the first movie. And Clayton, did you see the first movie? Yes, I did see the first movie, and I have to say the second one I thought was a lot better than the first one. In what phase? And just there was more action and just like the settings were just amazing and the it was just great. It was awesome. And Clayton, what do you think of the special effects? Because the Scorch is pretty much a rundown city and it just looks beautiful and well, not beautiful. It looks kind of deserted and evil, but it just looks crystal clear and amazing. I feel like the explosives at, like, the final battle were really good. And, like, all the stun guns and, like, zombies and just the special effects was really good. So they did a good, pretty good job with that. Yeah, they did. And Lainey, what is your opinion on the special effects? Um, I think that the special effects were just super cool because in this one scene, it was showing like a city, a, dap- a dilapidated cityscape, and basically, it's like all these buildings like falling down and everything, and it's just so cool. Definitely sounds fantastic. Clayton, the cast on this film is pretty fantastic. Can you tell us how the uh, characters did and how the actors did? I feel like the characters and the actors, like, I feel like the actors, for their, like, young age, they did, like, really well in, like, a dystopian adventure movie like this. It's, like, they did great for their age. Yeah. Also, a few people that played, like, Dylan O'Brien played the main character, Thomas Key Hong Lee uh, played Mean Ho. So it was a pretty good cast, and I thought also they did a fantastic job. Lainey, how's the directing? I thought the directing was amazing because the actors were just putting themselves into the character and very believable. And were you entertained the whole time or was it a little bit boring at times, Lainey? I was entertained the whole time because, well, there was nonstop action throughout the whole movie. And Clayton, what do you think? I think it was just amazing. It was just the action was amazing 
and it was just perfectly amazing. I, I think it's in my top five best movie. That's pretty good. And Clayton, is there any comedy or is it mostly drama? It's not. I don't say it's not a comedy movie. It's just mostly action and adventure. And who would you recommend this film for, Lainey? I recommend this film for ages 13 to 18 because this movie's so intense. I think that's pretty accurate, too. I'm pretty sure it's rated PG-13, and I think that's a pretty good age rating. I think it's rather accurate. What do you think, Clayton? I said 12, actually, 12 through 18, because it was a lot scarier than the first one. Well, it's still kind of the same, you know, 12, 13, not that far apart. And Clayton, do you have a favorite scene? My favorite scene was by far the final battle scene with all the explosives and the stun guns. It was just amazing. Yeah. And if you would like to know why these explosions are happening, why these stun guns are going off, you're going to have to watch the film to find out. We're not going to spoil it, sadly. And Lenny, do you have a favorite scene? My favorite scene is just full of amazing special effects. And it's about Thomas trying to escape a crazy crank infestation. And cranks are zombie-like people. And basically, they're just trying to escape from the cranks, and it's just super suspenseful and crazy. Yeah, I think I remember that. They kind of turned on the lights in this huge abandoned place, and all these cranks just come out. And it's the first time in the film you see them, so it's intense. You're just like, what is going on? And something I like is that there are a few jump scares that kind of boosted the intensity. So, Clayton, do you have a favorite character? My favorite character is definitely Eris, who is played by Jacob Laughlin. And I really like that character because... He was the one that uncovered Wicked's plot and everything behind it. Well, guys, thank you so much for talking to me. Lainey, can you please tell me how many stars you give this film? Um, I give this film a 4.5 out of 5 stars because overall, this movie was very well put together and the special effects cannot be beat. And how about you, Clayton? I actually would say 5 stars because just the entire thing, I usually at some movies, I'm like tired or like drift off, but this, I was always my head was like in the movie i was like a part of the movie well you heard it first this movie is pretty fantastic so definitely check it out it is in theaters near you guys thank you so much for talking thanks so much for joining us you have been listening to kids first coming attractions be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and dvd releases learn how you can become a kids first film critic go to www.kidsfirst.org be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of huffington post this show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media by the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsor- sponsored by Gumby by Encircle Entertainment. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.